Did you notice that we were just singing a very special song? No longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God. We were even standing and declaring that as we sang. That's a wonderful foundation for the Bible reading for today. What I would like you to do is let these words drink into your soul. Let it be in you. Because we are loved, we are wanted, we were bought with a price. We're a child of God. The Bible reading is from Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Daddy, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So today's theme is who we are in the light of Christmas or Christmas. And we have Pastor Wayne who's going to be sharing some, shedding some light on the subject, you could say. <laughs> cool. yeah. Great song to lead into the reading, to reflect on that. Those, just those few verses, just so packed with so much. Merry Christmas. Merry sixth day of Christmas. You know, people have already come up to me and said, um, did you have a nice Christmas? Right away, that sort of implies that Christmas is in the past. Isn't that right when I say that? Did, did you have a nice Christmas? Did you have a nice Christmas Eve? Did you have a nice Christmas day? So now we pack it up and we put it away for Christmas. It's done for another year. Well, actually, that's not true. In fact, there's 12 days to the season of Christmas as we celebrate in the, the church. Hence, the season of Christmas continues today. So when you catch up with everyone afterwards for a coffee and a chat, you know, on this New Year's Eve, you can say to one another, Merry Christmas, still. And you can add Happy New Year's too, if you like. So if you're six more days to enjoy saying Merry Christmas to each other, six more days to enjoy singing Christmas carols, 
still got them going, have you? It's important for Christians to understand that Christmas has not ended actually at all. You see, the celebration of Christmas, the celebration of Christmas Day is not the end of a story, but the beginning. I mean, the world's version of Christmas, well, that's over. Even now the shops are discounting, aren't they, everything? You've been in Boxing Day sales, have you? Caught up on a bargain or two? All the Christmas stuff and, and it'll be quickly removed from the shelves. And in the next week or two you'll find all kinds of stuff reflecting perhaps Valentine's Day or even Easter. You see, that's Christmas in the world out there. It's over. But for all who believe in the Christ child, Christmas is not an event of for one day. It's actually an invitation to a new life. The baby Jesus, whose birth we have again celebrated, has become the child Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, it says, The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favour of God was with him. The baby Jesus becomes the boy Jesus, who's growing strong and wise, will become the man Jesus, who calls us to follow him, and his call is an invitation to gain spiritual wisdom and know the favour of God the Father in our lives. To know the favour of God the Father in our lives. If Christmas for you ends with the passing of December the 25th, you miss the promise, you miss the fulfilment of the divine gift that has been offered to you. It's in the nurturing and growing of this gift in your lives that you discover the centre of your identity. Your identity as a follower of Jesus. And you know what? This has all come about through your adoption into his family. We're going to talk a bit more about that adoption shortly. But there's a single sentence in Paul's letter that Georgie, rang out, Georgie read before, that Galatians appoints us to who we are in light of the Christmas, Christmas event. So you are no longer a slave but a child, and if a child, then also an heir through God. There's a there's sort of a kind of a progression here which takes us to sort of who we were, whose we are, and who we've become. Right? Who we were, you are no longer slaves. Well, we just saying? No longer slaves to fear, no longer slaves to sin. In other words, the people Paul's writing to were slaves. 
This idea would not seem to relate to us probably at all. But Paul isn't talking so much about physical slavery. More importantly, he's taught, he is, uh, as he is of religious bondage. It's true that many people in the earliest church had, become, had come from a servant class and knew what it meant to be owned by someone else. Hmm. Which in many ways is okay, actually. Because you realise the master always looked after the slave. But the slavery Paul's talking about is bondage to the laws of God, which highlights one bondage, one's bondage to sin. Because they could not keep the laws of God perfectly, nor can you and me. And because they were always in bondage to those laws, their sinful nature that kept leading them away from following those laws They could never gain a sense that their lives were totally acceptable to God. It's like a child who grows up in a family where no matter how hard they try, they can't please mum and dad 100% of the time. Every even statements that were meant to be encouraging would end up with something like, that's good, son or daughter, but, but you could do a little better. People who grew up in that kind of environment might say that they are, were in bondage to parental expectations. I hate that word. Expectations they could never fully live up to. When you hear the Bible's words about slavery and bondage, you may have, oh, that was then, you know, that's, that, this is now kind of attitude, Right? When Jesus says to the people in his hometown synagogue, I have come to bring freedom for the oppressed. It may not seem to apply to you, at least on the surface. But are we not in bondage in these days of unlimited freedom? Even though our basic civil rights are protected by law, are we really free from slavery? Our simple exercise will answer that question quickly. Think for a moment, what are the two or three top priorities in your life? Hmm, that might get the cogs going, doesn't it? What means more to you than anything else? Is it your job? Is it sport? Is it your car? Or my Harley? What is it? Where does the majority of your time go? And as you think about these and answer these questions in your mind, can you see a bondage or two in your life? Friends, when we embrace the gospel, God's great gift of love and life in Jesus... When Jesus is truly born and residing in our hearts, there is a serious rearranging of our life's priorities. That's happening for me every day. When we surrender to having our lives under the care and authority of Jesus, our master, we come to realise that, yes, perhaps we are slaves, and perhaps that's a good thing, 
in some ways because our master looks after us, but Paul builds on this. He's building on it. And he says, whose we are? Paul says, you are no longer a slave, but a child now. A child. Here's something amazing and wonderful about the birth of Jesus. Usually when a child is born, that child comes into a family, right? So when you were born, you came into a family. When Jesus was born, his birth created a family. Yeah, he became a part of an earthly family, but he created a family. The Gospel of John says of Jesus, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But to all who receive him, he gave power to become what? Children of God. You know, there are a multitude of forces that give shape to our identity. Most of them are possibly external things like what we do, where we went to school, who we know, where we live, and many other things that can point to who we are. Isn't that the first question someone asks you? What do you do? True? Where do you come from? Or when Corinne, Corinne's chatting to people and, and Lutherans ask her, and where, what family did you come from? What was your maiden name? And she says, Fishlock. And they start scratching their head. Well, I don't know you. Where, do, where does that fit in? You know what I mean? But the identity that comes from the gift God gives, gave to us in Jesus is not so much who we are, but primarily whose we are. And that is another amazing fact about the divine gift that comes to us at Christmas. Jesus is God's gift to us. And when we receive this gift, especially when it comes to us, first of all, in our baptism, no matter when that happened, especially when it comes there, we become a spiritual child of God. We are given to the one who gave himself to us. And this and more, wow, all this and more, more happens when we are adopted into God's family through faith. Through our baptism, through our belief. And this brings many benefits, doesn't it? Firstly, God had a desire to express his deepest love, his deepest need to love us as his child. His very own children. Can you think of that? Can you get that? Are your head around that? You're God's child. And something changes when the child is your very own, right? In adoption, the child becomes your very own. And adoptive parents share their deepest love with the child who has become their very own. The benefit for adoptive parents is the pleasure of sharing their deepest love with their very own. So it is, so it was and is with God. The benefit for us is that God shares his deepest love with his very own. And that was certainly the case for you and me that we just celebrate. We're still celebrating, isn't it? The Christ child. The another benefit of a God in adoption is when we, of course, we love God back. That's what God's children are called to do. You love the parent back. Nothing gives God greater satisfaction than when you, as God's adopted children, love him back. 
Nothing compares to that for God. He has enormous pleasure when you, God's children, his very own, love him back. Another major benefit is that when God adopts us into his family through the gift of baptism and you become his very own, he takes immeasurable pleasure in sharing his life with you. His life with you and watching you grow through all your stages in life. Nothing gives God more pleasure than to watch you mature and grow through life as his child. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Hey? And then there's another benefit. The next benefit for you as an adopted, adoptive children of God is that he gives you your inheritance. Wow, it's building, it's building. When you die, you receive the gift of what? Eternal life. Actually, it's yours now. Eternal life for an infinity with Jesus, with the Father. Wow. When the Father sent Jesus to become a human being, he did so that you could receive forgiveness and what? Eternal life. And this leads me to the third point I want to make. Who you've become. Who we've become. You're no longer a slave but a child, and if a child, or then also an heir. One of the most wonderful truths about the gift God the Father has given to, to us is that the joy of this gift can never be taken away. It can't be destroyed, and it will not fade with the passing of time. This divine gift was given so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have what? Eternal life, everlasting life. In other words, the family of faith, the family from which you receive your identity as a child of God and by which you are made free from all bondage, this family can't be separated even by death. Wow. So through death, though death will remain a part of this lifetime and, and though your lives will be visited by grief during your earthly days, the family of faith will endure forever. Wow. In our Christian faith, we know that we belong to God and God's family. Without a doubt, we know we belong to God. I belong to a Christian family. Actually, my last name is Christian. My name is Wayne Christian. Yeah, I've got a surname, but I'd rather go by Wayne Christian. I have Christian brothers and sisters who love me, support me, and take care of me. I belong, and that is part of the immense, immeasurable blessings of being adopted into the family of God. There's so many benefits in being adopted, child of our Heavenly Father. You see, the word adoption is a very good word. The word adoption actually didn't occur one time in the Old Testament. The word adoption didn't occur one time from the lips of Jesus. But the Apostle Paul, being part of the Roman world where adoptions occurred, knew that Jesus was the only Son of God, the biological Son of the Father, and that we were adopted into God's family by means of baptism and faith. You have become the adopted sons and daughters of God, and because of that you can call to your heavenly Father saying, Abba, Father. 
in his mother tongue of Aramaic, Jesus called out to his father as what? Abba. It was the most characteristic way of referring to his father in the most astounding way. We don't, <clears throat> we don't have a direct equivalent for Abba in English, nor did they in the ancient world. Ancient world. When Abba occurs in the New Testament, <clears throat> it's immediately followed by the Greek version of father. Abba, father. And the word Abba carries with it a constellation of concepts. <clears throat> it's a word of the most amazing intimacy. And it also embodies strength, love, trust, confidence. So in any context, it carries with it respect, love, warmth, intimacy and trust. It's such a beautiful word. Until Jesus used this word to refer to his father, it had never been used in that way. For it was too intimate, too close. Surely a human being can't be that close to God. Wouldn't calling God Abba be either the height of pride or the depth of folly? How could a human relate to God so warmly as a toddler to their parents? Can a human really snuggle into God's lap? Wouldn't such a relationship demean God's majesty? Isn't God holy and almighty? How could he have a relationship with us so near as Abba implies? While we might not be surprised that Jesus knows his father like he does. God's plan has always been and was that we would know him like that too. That you would know him like that. That experience begins now but goes on in even greater depth. For how long? Forever. God has planned that we be transformed into the very likeness of Jesus so that together with Jesus, we become children of God and we can whisper in our Heavenly Father's ears and sit upon his knees. And in Jesus, God makes us what we were created to be, human sons and daughters of the divine Abba. Wow. And because of that, God can fill our whole being, our spirit, our soul and body with himself. Just as the human Jesus was and is filled with the full, the fullness of the Father's nature, through Jesus in him and with him, we know the Father. That's what Jesus said. Abba is our Father, not just Jesus' Father. Get it? That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. And this was not front and centre of Jesus' mind when he came from heaven to earth. This was the purpose of his birth that we're celebrating, where he moved into our neighbourhood, the purpose of his redemptive act upon the cross of Calvary and his resurrection from the grave. Our Abba Father's plan has always been that we would live in dependence on him so that his fullness might be ours and that our joy would be full because of it. It's what we're actually being made for, created for. Folks, there is nobody in the whole wide world who loves you and me more than God. Nobody. Not your wife or husband, 
not your children, your parents, your brothers and sisters, your cousins, your friends. There is no one in the world who loves you more than God loves you. And that is the real benefit we receive in adoption. We are loved by God like no other love in the world. And that's why we can call out to him as our one, Abba, Father. And to daily grow in our understanding and our wisdom of this. That's why dwelling in the reading and dwelling in the word is so important. Because it fills in this even more. It's in as you journey in your faith journey, Remember who you are in his family. It'll actually be a source of joy forever for you. And as we begin another new year, may God give us that joy which can only be known by those of whom it can be said. Because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, what? Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a child, and if a child, then also an heir through God. Wow. How blessed are you, Lot? Hey, how blessed are you? That you are God's child, loved unconditionally, even when you muck up, even when you disobey, displease or dishonour him. He still loves you. I hope you get the point. I hope you get the point. You are a child of God, an heir to everything that Jesus has come to give you. And you can what? Call him Abba Father. So intimate. Oh, how blessed are you, Lord? Really? Actually, how blessed all of God's people are. And that's a message that you can take to others. As well, you can take it to others and let them know that God loves them the same way He loves you and me. My prayer is that you take this message and live it out with others each day you're blessed with. And the peace of God, which surpasses all our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds and lives. In Jesus, the joy of your life through the work and the power of Holy Spirit. Amen.